0: profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.
1: The is going up the deeper I get into my niche, and I have discovered that charging more is actually good for my clients.
0: Welcome to Smart Strategy for CPAs, where I help you work less and earn more. My name is Geraldine Carter. My guest today is Emily Sandberg. Emily provides cash flow and forecasting services to online coaches and course creators. While many accountants focus primarily on making sense of the past, Emily works with her clients to know the future of money in their business so they can make strategic decisions with their cash. Her work has helped dozens of clients go from running a money-hungry business to a predictably profitable enterprise by simply following her profit-centered framework. When she's not running scenarios for her clients' Facebook ad spends, she can be found playing pickleball or hiking in the gorgeous Red Rocks of Southern Utah with her family. I wanted to have Emily on the podcast because her business model is unique in that she did not pass go. She did not collect $200. She went directly to advisory services. Her perspective on what her clients need when it comes to money is well outside the box, and I thought it would be interesting for you to hear from someone who is never tethered to traditional accounting. Emily is also my client. We've been working together since about March to help her better understand what her top clients need most so that she can provide ever-increasing value, get her prices up, up, up into the right zone, and so that ultimately she is creating a business she loves to own. And for my part, it was a nice opportunity to have a conversation with a client and dig into some of the parts of her business that we don't always have time to get to in regular sessions. I know you'll enjoy this conversation with Emily Sandberg. Emily Sandberg, welcome to the Smart Strategy for CPAs podcast. Hi, Geraldine. It's great to be here. Happy to have you. So, The nature of your work is slightly different than the typical accountant or CPA. So for our listeners, in your own words, give them a sense of the work that you do for your clients and how it's different from what a typical accountant or CPA does.
1: I work with my clients in their money, but more inside of their business and less on taxes, on compliance issues. I work to connect them to their money, to help them understand how it runs through their business, why they have it or why they do not have it, and how they can get more of it.
0: And who are your clients more specifically?
1: Specifically, I work with online course creators, coaches, consultants, people who work online. I have a few legacy clients who have brick and mortars, but for the most part now, all of my new clients are
0: online business owners. How did you get into this line of work?
1: I started out, well, I have a degree in math, so I love numbers. I have been reading business books since I had toddlers, and I had five toddlers, so (laughs) it's been a long time. I've always loved business. I love the behavior side of it, the understanding why people do what they do, and kind of how it connects to money and making money. Ten years ago, my neighbor, who's an orthodontist, needed help. He needed a bookkeeper. He called me up and said, my bookkeeper's been stealing from me. I just fired her. (gasps) You're intelligent. And I know your baby just went to kindergarten. Do you have a few hours a week you could give me? And I said, sure, I'll give that a try. So I started working as a bookkeeper. His business was failing, basically. And I just started applying personal finance principles to his money, helping him do that, helping him look at his money. I had to physically push him into his office the first time we had our scheduled money meeting. But his business improved so quickly. The turnaround was astounding to me and it was so fun. The business grew so fast that he wanted me for more hours than I could give him. And so I hired my replacement. And then my brother was doing similar work online. We had been working together, kind of consulting with one another. And my brother said, why don't you come work for me online? So we started there. And then our both of our businesses grew. We separated. We now have individual businesses. And I just keep get to keep helping people with their money.
0: So talk to us about the services that you offer now, because what you don't offer is traditional transactional accounting and compliance. No. And yet people come to you to better understand their money and to grow their profits. So Help us understand the nature of your services.
1: Yeah, I started out calling myself a bookkeeper because it was something that people knew they needed. It was an easy sell. And then I tacked on more advisory services, um, forecasting, cash flow management. And I came to discover that what people really needed, well, A, I wasn't a very good bookkeeper. <laughs> and B, what they really needed was the advisory services services and the forecasting. They had no idea how to understand what money was doing and basically why they didn't have as much as they thought they should. Now I call myself more of a consultant, less of a bookkeeper. I provide bookkeeping services through someone else, an actual certified bookkeeper. But the work I do is forecasting and helping them manage their cash flow.
0: And when they come to you or they find out about you and you have an initial conversation, what are the kinds of things that they say about the information that they get from you?
1: Oh, they can't believe how, they can't believe how we can look at everything in one place and have it organized in a way that makes sense. They can't believe that someone can look at all those numbers on the screen in a spreadsheet or in the software that I use and talk them through it so that it makes sense. They love that, it's so powerful. They can't believe that in an hour, which is how long I typically spend with my clients a month, we can, we can sort through all of those issues, all the issues of how much do I have, how much do I need, where is it all going to go, and we can just kind of tie a neat little bow around it, and then they just have a plan, they go off and
0: execute. Many of these clients have accountants outside of your services.
1: Yes, they all do for tax. I don't do any tax prep. So they have an accountant that does their tax prep.
0: Okay. And they also have either a bookkeeper that you've hired that runs through you, or they have their own outside accountant or bookkeeper. Right. And what is their, how do they compute having two people, one of them who helps run the books and another one who helps understand their money? And what are they, to me, I'm going like, wow, a business owner has two people to help them understand their money in their business. I think most accountants would find that quite surprising that a business owner would be willing to spend that much money.
1: They have found that they don't understand their money based on what the, their interactions with their accountant. They typically come away from their accountant. If they didn't go in with very specific questions, <laughs> the most specific of which is, how much do I owe in taxes? Then they come away with questions. Um, a lot of them have told me that their accountants don't understand how they make money and therefore has trouble advising them on how to spend it or how to save it. They, A lot of them can't get a hold of their accountant for these kinds of meetings. The accountant puts them off or they go in and the accountant doesn't understand that they actually want to sit down and talk about their money and understand it. It doesn't seem to be a service that their accountants are offering. So when we get together, I tell them, you will still need an accountant for tax prep, for filing your taxes, for understanding how much you need to pay quarterly. That will be your accountant's job. We have a bookkeeper who will keep the books for your accountant, but we will keep a separate set of books and a separate software that we will forecast from that will be the brain behind your money plan.
0: I think this is going to make some listeners' minds kind of short circuit <laughs> because what you're effectively saying is that basically clients are paying twice, one for a so-called real set of books from QuickBooks and one for a different set of books that manages the finance and helps them plan the financial picture of the growth in their business and that they're effectively paying, like I said, two financial experts, one of whom is not giving them what they need. Exactly.
1: They they don't think of me as really providing a set of books. They think of me as providing the forecasting and providing someone who will listen to them, listen to their plan and help them flesh it out and turn it into understanding what's actually going to
0: happen. How does it work? Does it work? So they think of you as more of the business consultant who makes sure that the math checks out. Yeah. I love it.
1: And we take the plan their accountant's given them, if their accountant has given them any kind of a plan, and we put that into action. We make sure that it works. We make sure that it happens.
0: So help give us more richness to this picture. Do you have a story of a client that you can share that experienced coming into your office? You know, you mentioned the orthodontist at the outset, but one of your more recent clients who, who came to you and who had basically run up the white flag and said, help, You know, I'm bringing in a million dollars. But how come at the end of the year, I only have 20,000 left? What's going on?
1: I have a client in particular. She's a female client. Her business did 1.2 million last year. She's on track to do, we think, three. I think three. She thinks it could be five this year. She had an accountant who was a friend, and she had never seen her books before. She had never seen any of her statements, her she didn't know what her profit and loss looked like. She didn't know how much she was spending. She didn't know how much she was paying her accountant. He had access. He wrote checks for her. Um, he ran her payroll. He, he ever, She said every time I asked him if we could get together or if I could see a PL or a balance sheet, he would push her off. She said mostly he wanted to talk to my husband. Eek. Yeah, when she and I sat down, and looked through the numbers. When I meet with my clients, I put together at least the most recent 12 months, usually, until I usually put together a set of books from the previous January. Mm-hmm. So you can see a full year plus whatever is of this year. So we went back and we looked at all of that. We talked about her profitability, we talked about what she was spending where and why. And she broke into tears. She never had that information before, and her hands were always tied. She knew she was running a good business, but she didn't know how good. She knew she had money in the bank, but she wasn't sure if it was enough to last until x, y, or Z. So she felt so blinded, yeah, because she couldn't see the
0: overall picture. And so what does she experience now in her business now that you're working together?
1: Clarity. Mm-hmm. Growing your business to a million dollars, especially in the online space, takes a lot a lot of times it takes a lot of throwing mud on the wall. Let's see what works. Yeah. Let's see who will pay us for what and how much. We we change marketing very subtly, we change price points, and we just kind of test it out. Well, she had tested a lot of programs and was running a lot of programs. So it was a big messy business. We didn't she didn't know which one was profitable, which one wasn't, but enough money was coming in that she could keep them all running. So we we take her flagship and we look at we forecast that out for a year, and then we look at what are the other experiences her clients are willing to pay for that also lead them to, to join into the flagship program, and we plan those out. And we look at them not only calendar-wise, but we look at them money-wise. Do you have enough money? How much will we be spending on marketing along the way? And we make sure that that works all along the way, and she was never able to get that information before.
0: Yeah, no, you wouldn't be able to get that information from your accountant. Mm-mm. So now what does her business do financially compared to what it used to do?
1: Well, she was at 1.2 last year. We're pushing strongly toward three this year. Yep. She thinks she could get to five. There's a couple of things she wants to launch. And if they do well, I mean, it's 2020. <laughs> <Right>? So <laughs> Anybody's guess? We're not really sure. Yeah. Um, what are you going to release before the election? What happens after the election? We have no idea. A lot of my clients are thinking about that. Before she just had no idea where things were, except she knew she, her only gauge was how much money is in my checking account.
0: Yeah. Bank balance accounting.
1: Yeah. And now she has a forecast. She has an idea. She has goals that she can, and she can see that they're actually going to work. The goals are high enough Or if we don't hit those, what's the worst case scenario? How are we doing then? And we know all of that.
0: And it's been how many years since you
1: brought her on? Oh, she just passed a year now. She was last July, I believe.
0: Okay. So in a year, you've, you're, she's likely to more than double her income, if not whatever five divided by 1.3 is. Right. Okay. (laughs) That's worth something.
1: You know, she was always driven. She was always good at making money, but it's like, now we've put a rudder on the boat. Yeah. The boat had a motor, but now we've put a rudder on it. And so she's pointed in a direction and she
0: understands the direction and what she needs to do to reach your goal. You mentioned before we hit the record button that a lot of times your clients realize that there were things that they didn't know they could know about money. What are some of those things?
1: Well, one of the really important things that I do is I track separate individual income streams. So we look at individual programs that they offer or um, across other businesses, it might be, if you owned a gym, you might look at, I have this boot camp offering that's a big class. And then I also have private one-on-one clients that pay a a more premium, a higher premium price. Um, If you were a dentist, you might look at how much do we bring in in repair work versus how much we bring in in cleanings. Whatever business you're in, if you're running a particular marketing campaign, you might wanna look at how much that campaign brings in versus other campaigns you've run. So, we track, we we separate the income stream. It's not just all sales all the time. We look at those individually. And then we're able to look at how well each one of those did. And that helps us to choose which one or to choose what time of year. there's there's seasons to some revenue streams. so we can look at what time of year we offer those or don't offer those. We look at pricing that way. How am I going to price something? No, if I know, what it's been bringing in, and I can figure out the deliverability costs, how do we change our pricing? And we can actually change our pricing. Some clients don't know that. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) You know, they kind of think once I've set a price, I have to change it. Or why would I change it if I don't have that information to know
0: what to change it to? What would be better? Gotcha. So they just keep it in one place. Okay.
1: Yeah. Another thing that they can know that they, they didn't know before is the difference between like profitability versus your cash flow. Was I Did I have positive cash flow this month? Positive or negative cash flow? Now you can tell that just by looking at your bank balance, but they don't necessarily understand the difference between that and profitability and how their owner draw figures into that. Mm-hmm. So being able to explain to them profit, revenue minus business expenses, Versus cash flow, which is revenue minus your business expenses, minus your anything else that goes out as as an owner equity item. That's just helpful for them to know. They don't recognize that those little personal expenses they're putting on their business card make a big difference. Or they don't understand uh, paying quarterly taxes. I can save for those. What? How do I do that? That's a surprise to some of them. We can plan for those things. We can put money away for them. And we can even out your cash flow. We can even out that bank balance so that you're not dipping below every once in a while, having that moment of panic.
0: So, what you're talking about is really basic stuff, really basic business, really basic money, basic math. You're not doing anything that's like, you're not doing partial differential equations here, right? And yet, there is incredible value here for your clients to the tune. Can we talk about your rates a little bit? Sure. Some of your clients are paying you in the twelve dollars to $1,500 range for this, right? Mm-hmm. Many accountants will struggle to be convinced that they can raise their rate to even $1,200 a month. Mm-hmm. You never had to make the switch from sort of traditional transactional accountant to cash flow forecasting scenario planning type consultant. You just immediately went right into that lane. Mm -hmm. so you don't have the experience of the sort of uh, having your toes at the edge of the diving board and peering over and going, oh my God, how cold is that water going to be? Should I jump or should I just stand here and look at it? Can you help the accountant who is standing at the edge of the diving board going, God, I'm super hot. It's 98 degrees and that water sure looks delightful, but boy, am I scared of the splash. Can you help them make that transition of people want this? They're going to pay you a lot more for it because here's what they get out of it.
1: Well, I actually walk my clients through a lot of these kind of transitions because as their businesses grow as, as you start I start out a lot of times clients start out with me they're sole proprietors. it's just them they're running the entire business. then they work up to okay, now I'm hiring people and I'm changing the business model to where I'm not one-on-one anymore with my clients. I'm offering now a group service. But anyway, there's a transition that you make and I always encourage my clients, It doesn't have to be one way one day and the next day a completely different way. You start with one client. You look through your list of clients and you say, oh, this person I think would be open to and and need the kind of services I'm thinking about offering. So you start with one. Offer it to three or five. Maybe just two of them take it. We just start out small. We still keep all the other work you've been doing. You need that money coming in. We're not going to turn that money off. But we're going to make a gradual transition to where we can start. We get our toes wet. We don't have to jump off the whole board. (laughs) We just get our toes wet. Yeah. Right? Cool off our feet. and That relieves a little bit of that 98 degree temperature. Sure. So we start with one client and we figure out how to do it. And we see what we're good at, what we enjoy, what we don't enjoy. Maybe you hate it. Maybe there's certain things you hate and you you decide I'm never going to offer that. I started out as a bookkeeper. I told people I could keep their books. I wasn't that great at it. I'm okay, but not great. So, So I changed that to offer the things that I'm really great at, which is more of the forecasting and the understanding their numbers. So here's what I recommend. Keep your old clients. Don't fire everybody today. But look for two or three that you can start to transition into a more advisory situation. You're not going to know what to charge them right away. Charge them less. You're there, you're, they're your beta clients. Charge them less. Just start getting your feet wet, understanding what you're doing. And then you can start building up the confidence to charge more.
0: Love that. I love that. Just one at a time, right? You've got to start somewhere and you don't have to do five or 10. You don't have to have the whole thing designed. Just start with one person who you think would be amenable to it and you think would benefit. And you think if you could take them through a little bit with your, you know, your own experimentation, that that's the thing to get you started going in that direction and you refine and you build and you add over time. Yeah. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about the, um, the coaching side around people's money drama. Accountants will recognize that sometimes they feel like a therapist. You have this thread of being a life coach school graduate for listeners who know of Brooke Castillo. Talk to us about the nature of bringing that work into what you do.
1: Yeah, we haven't talked about that. A lot of our first clients, my brother and I, our first clients were life coaches. They were open to coaching. They were open to having someone else teach them about what has traditionally been in our society, a very secretive shameful part of our lives which is our money so we brought had a lot of life coaches so then i certified as a life coach because it was i saw i could see the value of it and it's been huge when people come to me they're typically so embarrassed about the situation of their money they're making a lot of money but they don't know where it went and That brings a lot of shame because we have this idea that if we know how to make money, we certainly should know how to manage it. That should be the easy part, right? So I tend to be very open with my clients about it's okay. Whatever you're feeling about it is okay. And and I would encourage accountants who have people come to them that way. Let's just talk about it. Let's get it out in the open. You feel terribly ashamed about it. Okay, I'm going to let you feel terribly ashamed about it but I'm also going to teach you how to deal with the numbers. And a lot of times that will clear the shame away. Gotcha. I encourage my clients not to compare with other people. We're all on our own journey. So while they really want to compare profitability percentages or where should I be? Where should I be? Where is everyone else in my industry? It's not really that important. The important thing is, that you're here, we understand your money, we're in the truth, the facts of the matter, and then we can build towards a goal if that's what you wanna do.
0: Interesting, so you don't rely on industry metrics and I'm imagining there probably aren't a ton of industry metrics available for the coaching industry anyways.
1: There are not a ton, Um, I have some general guidelines. If you're an online business and you're not pulling in 50% profit, we need to look at why. Doesn't mean you're doing something wrong, but let's understand why. And I mean, net profit there, but so industry guidelines, yes, they, they can be helpful in establishing where we may need to look for some problems, but ultimately if we're in your books, in your numbers, And we see that you're off of those those industry guidelines. Let's
0: figure out why and see if we want to approach. We want to work on approaching them or if we're happy where we are. So talk to us about niching down because that has made your work a lot easier.
1: Absolutely. I look so much smarter because I've niched down and I understand what's going on in my particular industry, my lane. And people love that. It draws them to me like flies, because they're able to tell their friends, I have this money person, and she understands Facebook ad spending. And that that's everything in the online world, right? Before you niche down, who did you work with? Everyone. Everyone? Anyone who was walking and breathing and bringing in more than $300
0: a month. <laughs> <laughs> and then what did you narrow to from there? Because it usually happens in phases.
1: Yeah, yeah. I narrowed to, you have to be online. Okay. And after that, it, pretty easily it happened for me because it was my business has grown entirely through referrals yeah and so they were all it was just my clients referring their other course creating life coach friends okay so either you you teach people online through courses or you're a life coach of some kind or some kind of coach online and then you're referring your friends in the industry to me
0: okay so you niche down one layer and then the rest happened by itself Yeah. Okay. Did that scare you to kind of niche down and declare like, this is where my niche is? Or were you just along for the ride and you said, okay, here we go.
1: It was scary until it happened. And then like the light bulb went on and I was like, oh, this is amazing. I only have to learn about one industry and I can zero in on that and understand that. Yeah. It took such a load off because before I was trying to understand, I have a natural healing clinic and I have a gym owner and I have, um, and and then I have these people online and they're all working different businesses. And so I'm putting on and off different hats as I'm working with them and trying to pull from my own experience and what I've read online about their industry and never able to go very deep with them. But once my niche chose me or... (laughs) Yeah. You now once we got together, me and my <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it tends became, to be a
0: mutual agreement. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. It became so much easier to I'm helping this I can create this one spreadsheet for this client and oh, it works for these five other clients. right And I tweak it a little bit more and it works for all of these clients. and, and I understand your business model and I can see what's coming because I have some clients ahead of you. So there, there are three steps down the road ahead of you so I can help you anticipate some pitfalls or some some things you want to do in preparation for your next level of business.
0: Yeah. It's like you pass all the best practices around and all the potholes. You share that knowledge.
1: And the referrals just come flowing in.
0: Oh. If the referrals come flowing in, how much of your time and energy do you spend marketing? Zero. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and your business is how full? I have a waiting list. (laughs) So I need to spend more time because I could, I'm starting to get, it used to be that I only got people who were so desperate that they finally called me. Yeah. And now I'm getting people who are not as desperate. So I need to be able to warm them up a little bit more. I, I need some more marketing out there, something they can read, some ideas they can start, ideas of my own that they can start thinking about. They can start hearing my voice. The referrals come so strongly that basically this, the sales call is pretty easy.
0: Yeah, they've they're basically already converted. You're just signing them up.
1: Yeah, the price goes up a little bit and they don't bat an eye.
0: Yeah. We love that too. Yeah. And, and I mean, legitimately you provide more value. Every time you bring on a new client, you're learning more, right? So we're not simply hiking the price. Oh no. The value goes up and up and up and up. The more you burrow inside your niche.
1: Also, I have discovered that charging more is actually good for my clients.
0: Yeah. How is it good for your clients?
1: Well, it gives them more of my time. It gives them more of an investment into the service. So they are paying rapt attention, which is really important when you're trying to deal with behavior and the emotions behind money. They need to have me top of mind. They need to have our plan top of mind because they're paying for it. Yeah. And because of that, they're they're very motivated to implement it.
0: Yes. They're paying a lot for it. It's important to them. They make you a priority. Yeah. And when they make you a priority, they get more out of your meetings. And when they get more out of your meetings, they get better outcomes.
1: Exactly. And I can hire the work that needs to be done in the background, the back end of my business. I can hire that out. I don't have to worry about it. They have more of my focus and attention on the things that only I can worry about.
0: Yeah. They get access to your wisdom and you don't have to do the keying in of data. Exactly. What was it like raising your prices? Were you totally down with it or was it scary?
1: Oh, terrifying. (laughs) Terrifying. Every time. (laughs) Who made you do it? Um, Started out as, well, I had a client come to me who, when I gave her my price, she said, if you hadn't come with such a strong referral, I would not hire you based on the fact that your price is so low.
0: Right. It almost scared her off. Like you didn't know what you were doing.
1: Yeah. So that was kind of a, a wake up call for me. I started looking at my pricing and looking at other people around me, discovering Yeah, I was charging what a regular bookkeeper is charging. Yeah. And I'm doing so much more.
0: What else have you learned along the way that was unexpected?
1: How much people need a place to talk about money. In the online industry, and I don't think it's different in other industries, but in the online coaching world, we're so focused on top-line revenue. Everybody wants to talk about their million dollar launch or their six figure launch or whatever. Nobody wants to talk about profitability. Nobody wants to talk about expenses or how much do I pay myself. So it's a very lonely world in terms of your money. Mm -hmm. So giving them someone to talk to who knows the industry, who understands money and can help them look into the future is incredibly powerful. It gives them such a peace of mind and allows them to go to work in their business or on their business rather than worrying and spinning in confusion about their money. Am I doing this right? I have no idea and no one wants to talk about it.
0: One thing that strikes me is a way that you bring value that nobody else is gonna bring and that you get the chance to peek behind the curtains of what's really happening with money in the online space. Right? And everybody, like you say, is out there touting their six-figure launches and their seven-figure launches and um, how, you know, how much you need for your Facebook ad spends. But nobody's talking about profitability and margins on those launches, which is, in the end, what really matters. And you are one of few people who can speak, not just cogently, but with actual data about what's really going on. Like you're, a, you're probably one of few authorities in this space who can call BS about people's beliefs, about where they should be in their businesses and say, actually, this is what's really happening. And I know this because I have 12 clients who are just like you and who, you know, just went through their own launches and here are the results they really got. I think that this is something that is, it's not that it's misunderstood. It's that accountants who are generalists can't even conceive of having this depth of specificity of knowledge in a single area. When they're busy being all things to all people and just how valuable it is to your clients when you actually understand based on hard data what's really happening in the industry and can speak to it and can reposition can orient your clients to reality rather than have them believe the fiction that exists based on marketing and other shiny glossy things
1: yeah if you can go in and you can collect 10 dentists who go to these conferences and first they wanna have the million dollar practice and then they wanna have the $5 million practice and then the $10 million practice. And all along they're just so focused on top line, top line, top line, that they never stop to look at best practices in marketing, best practices in staffing, best practices in how you use your chairs, you know, the, the efficiency of chairs in your office. Hopefully that makes somewhat of sense, but that's where they're making their money is how those chairs are filled by whom and how much they're paying how do we use insurance money how do we how do we make the most out of insurance how much is coming in from insurance those kinds of things if you can deep dive into that help them then understand how much they can take out of their practice how they can prepare for retirement there's a huge industry there yeah if you can deep dive into that with that group of people then they're going to keep sending other people your way you can work across state lines it just opens up so much in your practice.
0: One common protest among accountants, but I think generally across industries in and professions where people would benefit from niching but are reluctant to, is they think they're going to get bored. So have you, since you niched, ever been bored?
1: The only time I get bored is when I have clients who have too much money. <laughs> 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 <No>. <laughs> Well, you sit down and you have a meeting and you're like, okay, you have plenty coming in for all of your expenses and you want to take how much out as an owner draw? Yep. You've got that. Okay. You have plenty in reserve. Okay. We're done. So, you know, it just is too easy.
0: Yeah. There's no challenge.
1: Nitching does not create boredom. Niching creates actually more interest because I can get deeper into their business. I can talk to them about all aspects of their business because money touches all of it. And so the more I understand their business, just today I had a meeting with a client who brought in her marketing person and her chief of operations. And we talked about the next campaign they're gonna run. They wanted to spend $2,000 on advertising and I said, what if we spent 10, what does that do? And the marketing person's eyes light up. She's like, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we talked about, well, okay, what's the difference if we spend 10 versus two, what difference does that make? Then we forecast that out. Oh, now everybody's stoked. Yeah. And so it's fun. It brings so much value to the table. I can, I can make a difference and I get to watch other people grow, which is a huge, it's very enjoyable for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's fulfilling, right? When you really have an impact in people's businesses and on their lives. Yeah. And you go from just sort of checking the boxes and doing the minimum required to actually really making a meaningful difference and discernibly moving the needle. Suddenly it changes the nature of your own emotional fulfillment in your business. Exactly. So for listeners who are thinking, yeah, yeah, that sounds really nice, but that's not me or any number of other protests they're going to throw up that will keep them staying safe, what would you say to them?
1: Well, I would ask them, then what is you? Because if you are actually the kind of person who likes doing tax compliance and who likes the things that happen in your business between, what, February 1st and April 14th, if that's what you love, then there's no reason to change. That's awesome. Keep doing that. But if there's some, if you want something different, then start looking at that. Start with one client. Look at one client that maybe you resonate with on a personal level. You resonate with their business style, something that's going on in their business that's caught your eye, and see if you can start to offer a little bit different value. And I would start there. There's no reason why you have to become an advisor like me. It's become the advisor that is you and then that's going to be what you really enjoy.
0: I love that. That's a perfect place to wrap. If people want to find you, where can they find you?
1: My website is emilysandberg.net and that's where I am right now.
0: This has been such a treat, Emily. Thank you so much for coming on the Smart Strategy for CPAs podcast.
1: Thank you, it's really fun.
0: Thank you so much, Emily, for coming on the podcast. So many things stuck out to me in this episode that it's hard to pick just one, but I did narrow it down to my top three. Number one, how niching down takes the pressure off. Number two, what her clients need most from her is advising and forecasting. And number three, that charging more is actually good for her clients. Each of these is counterintuitive and can be a difficult mental transition for people to make. If you want to hear another real life success story in case you need more convincing, check out episode 53, adding advisory services and the power of niching down with Tracy Jepson. If you want to hear more on pricing, be sure to tune in next week when I challenge you with the question, how much would a CPA pay for a kid's bike? If you want help establishing the value of and shifting the services you offer to increase their value, and you're looking for the courage to raise your rates, I can help you make these changes in your accounting practice. Put 15 minutes on my calendar. Just go to shethinksbigcoaching.com and click on the big fat red schedule time with me button. And while you're there, be sure to check out the upcoming workshops I'm hosting. One on niching and one on pricing, both of them free. Details and registration are on the homepage at shethinksbigcoaching.com. All right, that's it from me. Have a great week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down a 40 Hour CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.